This week's movie is a, already a science fiction classic. That's right, we will be going down the rabbit hole into one of Patrick's all-time favorite films, Inception. This is a masterpiece film from the writer and director for Christopher Nolan. The film stars the fantastic Leonardo DiCaprio as a professional thief who steals information with a little time traveler twist. Listen closely as we throw out some time traveler tips about one of our favorite films. Welcome to Adult Beverage Podcast, where we will be talking films, new and old. He's looking at you, kid. Think the fly thing. Did we just become best friends? Yep. As well as anything else in the entertainment world, while enjoying an adult beverage in hand. Well, welcome to Adult Beverage Film Podcast, and today we Yay! have some fun, fun <laughs> people with us here. Uh, we've got our lovely, love it. <laughs> our, our lovely host here. Inception! Is, everybody's, I'm just going to say, inter, why don't you guys introduce yourself and tell us what you're drinking today, because that's what we can tell is already kicked in here. <laughs> and and uh, we'll start with Laura there, so. Oh hi, I'm I'm Laura, uh, and I'm drinking some Sugar Creek Pale Ale. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Oh. Mm, you hear that sound of that? That's he's good. That sound is <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Hmm. I'm Patrick. This yeah, is like do the that. beginning of Zoom. I'm Patrick, and I'm drinking filtered water. Squeaker. Squeaker. I don't know how to introduce myself. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. Pretty sure that was the best way. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to introduce yourself, Squeaker. Hang on, I'm you sorry. Quite, you honestly never sounded so good ever. Uh, I had a lot to say today. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, I am drinking water, nothing, not filtered. I'm not classy like Patrick. I'm oh, just man. drinking straight out of the tap. Plebeian. Well, I, I'm Kent Smith, and uh, I'm drinking a lovely majestic IPA, uh, which is delightful. And I'm just, this is one I wish I was sharing with everybody. Oh my god! But I'll just let y'all listen to the well, sound was, of it. That was terrifying. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tinkle, tinkle, yes. tinkle. Well, that was oh, maybe why, the, aren't you, why aren't you drinking, Squeaker? Yeah. I just went on a Is run. You, I feel like I need to hydrate a little bit before I start throwing okay. alcohol. Yeah, down. yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I totally relate to it. that. I totally relate to it. Yeah, but it, it yeah. does have water. <laughs> I do like a good, good uh, adult beverage after uh, going for a, a yeah. exercise or playing tennis or something. But um, mm-hmm. I do have to get a lot of water in me to get hydrated back so I, I guess i could have made something up i mean no one really knows i'm drinking vodka <laughs> right right well it would have been really appropriate oh, yeah. if he if he said his beer and then sounded like the dog it would have been <laughs> even like the hair, hair on his chest started to stick up <laughs> somebody um, should be drinking sapporo yeah japanese beer yeah uh, uh, it's a good Fosaito. beer it's yeah. a good beer making me want to have sushi so um, <laughs> let's get to what we're here to talk about, and that is Inception, Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan's Inception. Um, first of all, let's just go around and start with the basic question. Is this one of your all-time favorite science fiction films? Shh. 
<laughs> yeah, don't make any. Don't make any. Notes. Are you guys no, sleeping? Yes, through? No, are you no sudden moves. Already? No sudden moves. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna feel like an idiot because this is not my favorite science fiction. It's my favorite movie of all time. There we go. Of all movies. Of of all, all I don't even movies. think of it as science fiction, to be honest with you, but it is. Yeah, Patrick, yeah. what do you, what do you yeah. think this? Why why is this your favorite all time film? Because it's like a, a a Greek epic about this man. Uh, who's so entangled in dreams, he's consumed with dreams. It's his occupation. It's uh, his dream is to return to his, his children that he's uh, been severed from due to something he did to his wife through a dream. And the irony of it is he can't dream without this uh, machine they use to extract dreams from other people. It's just this epic, it's like this man goes through hell and back just so he could see his two children again. And it just, it uh, it floors me. I love it. Love it. He's he's Odysseus. He's he going is. on his own really journey. Uh, Laura, what, what's your thoughts on this film? Okay, so I was telling Patrick before the podcast that I really was not looking forward to this movie. Ooh. I was kind of <laughs> dreading having to, and this, this is not, this is not a, accurate estimate of time i was dreading having to sit three hours through this movie again because i fell asleep the first time didn't didn't want to get into it it just wasn't the right time i watched it earlier today and those two hours and 28 minutes just flew right by it was amazing it was an excellent excellent film and i'm really glad that we are doing it so that i had to watch it again Yay! That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, a squeaker, what's your thoughts? Hey, so I, I don't. Now we need a little thing that says, and now we return to squeaker, the boy who hated everything. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you think, squeak? So I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't think of this as one of my favorite movies, but I think it's hard to think of it as anything other than a masterpiece. Like, in writing, directing, acting, cinematography, editing, like, it's pretty much perfect all the way through. Um, there's not much you could find that's, you know, to nitpick about. I think it's a Except great for movie. the holes in the plot, but we're not going to well, count Well, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think like, some of those holes in the, in the plot actually... I, I, you know, first of all, I, I I really enjoy this film. I think it's a it's a it, it, like you said, uh, Squeaker. It is a masterpiece. Christopher Nolan. Um, you know, I, I liked his work before this, mm -hmm. um, and I liked his work afterwards. So it, it, he's he's a, a masterful director, very intelligent. Uh, comes with a completely different style uh, than most directors. And you you know, when you watch a film, you know it's kind of his film. Um, and I thought the use of the, the visual effects as well as the uh, special effects are just blended together so nicely in this film, which is when you have all this complications and uh, kind of it could go it could easily go crazy off to the wrong direction. And I think it didn't. I think it stayed very true. And I think this film is another one of his films that cr creates, con you know, controversy in one way and also creates dialogue after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, people are always trying to figure out and understand his meanings behind the film. But I think the thing when I was watching this again, and I saw this in the theater, I think twice, because I went the first time and I was like, well, I loved it, but I don't really understand it, so I want to go back and see it again. So I went back to see it the second time and got a little bit 
you know, deeper insight into it. And of course, then I bought the DVD and watched it. And I don't know how many times now, probably 10 times. And each time you get something different from it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, uh, it is a classic in, in so many ways. But the thing that this really, I, I started thinking about for this podcast was what sets this film aside or apart from other films? Because it is like a lot of people's top five films of all time for them. And I think some of it, some of it ties back to what Squeaker is calling it a masterpiece. Let's think of it as a piece of art and art isn't always, it's, it's open to interpretation. Right. Well, and I think the uh, reason this film and, and and this was the point I was kind of getting to in a long, mm -hmm. long way, but the reason I think this film is so impactful to so many people is that we all dream. Okay. And we all have different versions of our dreams and how we dream and this is basically, and when we go to cinema, it is in a sense like us going to have a dream. We're going to see a film and try to come to this feeling and understanding and visualization of something that is different from our real world. And this film probably put, does that as well as anything. It takes you into multiple dreams and starts playing you into those effects. And you forget which one you're in. That was what I liked most about it was I couldn't remember where real was. And right. I that's how I knew I was like sucked in. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I don't remember where anybody is. Oh, well. <laughs> that's why when, when Japanese TV showed it, they would have numbers so you'd know what, what level of the dream you were in. It would be up <laughs> in the unfair. upper right-hand corner. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> well, that's, that is pretty cool uh, to think that that's, that's the case. It's, it's pretty funny. I, I do have a couple of questions, though, uh, that we might get to later, but one of them involves a Jump kicking. in it right now, because I think now... Jump in it right now? Okay, yeah. so um, one of the plot holes that I couldn't let go of was that when he's driving them around the city, they're in mm -hmm. a dream already, they're driving around the city, and he wrecks the van, like severely wrecks the van. Everyone goes tumbling. Why do? Why does that not kick them right then? Back out when, of when that you, dream. When Yusef, uh, when Yusef jumps off the bridge? N no, 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 no. Like before that, oh, oh, he oh. rolls the van and they all go tumbling and tumbling and tumbling. And that would be plenty of fall for me to snap out of something. And he like he kicks right. them several times to make sure that that will wake them up. And I just my brain kept going back to that. Like, why didn't they wake up then? You know, I know they were in a dream already because they weren't dead. <clears throat> well, I know. They had really good seatbelts. They had really good seatbelts. You either have to have the preset kick, which a lot of times seems to involve water. So or, they had to know uh, the kick was coming. Well, and the only way around that is if you die in the dream. So if you get hit in the car, no big deal. It's, but what uh, if you're dreaming in the car? Like they were unconscious in the car. I mean, like I could talk about this all night. Like, yeah, I mean, I, they like, set it up <laughs> to say that like – the stuff Anytime was so strong, were... but when the equilibrium was off and they were, felt like they were falling, they would wake up. It didn't seem like they had to know about it. It was just that if their body felt that sensation. Right. But then right. he also said that he would put the music in to let them know that it was coming. Right. Mm -hmm. But why didn't it kick them out even if they didn't know it was coming? Right. I just, yeah. that was, you know. 
I don't know. And it's hard to, we start the movie with an extraction gone wrong of Stido. Mm -hmm. And they give you kind of the basic rules, but then all of a sudden they pull in this new factor, which is Yusef, who has a sedative that's more powerful than anything they've ever used before. So I don't know if that's part of the answer. Because uh, I was kind of joking before about the holes in the plot, because a lot of them can be explained, and people will explain mm -hmm. them in a lot of different ways, and they're open to interpretation. I don't know if it's a hole so much. I just don't know if we have to sit here and figure it out if we wanted to waste time. Well, right. And, <laughs> and like he, he says openly in the movie that par paradoxes are a part of the dreaming. So right, like right. this is yet another paradox that, you know, maybe I'm just thinking about it too hard. Because also Saito gets shot in the van. Well, right. And and he doesn't wake up. So uh, maybe but he doesn't die. Too, he doesn't die either. But, but pain is feelable in the right. dream world. Oh yeah, yeah and I, that and Laura. I think scene. what you're saying is just the fact that they were shaking all around, like they were basically in midair, they were like, flying. They were the kicked. Air. Yeah. By the yeah. time they hit the ground, they were kicked. But maybe we're not counting that. <laughs> maybe it wasn't a hard enough kick. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of little things like this throughout <clears throat> that make you question things as well as ponder those thoughts. You know, one of the things is like the time aspect of it, too. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, you know, where um, you know, time I equals was, different things, yeah, different amounts of time. The further down, the more time passes. Right. Equally a shorter amount of time in the level above. Right. We call it above right. in the previous level. Yeah. So that's why in limbo, it's like you could live 10 years. Right. 50 or and it would, yeah, a lifetime. Many years. And then still, if the other dreams hadn't collapsed above it, you could go back to those and see that not as much time had passed. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, the whole dream aspect sets, uh, you know, to me, I, I know that there's part of this is like, is very confusing in, in a lot of ways. And, and to people that you watch it the first time, one of the things is when they hook up is in the first time that I watched it, I thought, okay, you're hooking up. I don't think about this from a dream perspective. I think about this as you're hooking up and it's taking you to sort of an, another version of reality on another plane, maybe, yeah, you know, a parallel universe, not thinking in the aspect of a dream, but when you hear, you know, Christopher Nolan and everyone talk about it, it's all about a dream and everyone's in this dream. So, you know, I think there's, you know, some people will, will fight for it one way and some people will fight for it the other way. Um, but if you take that aspect of what he's trying to say and say, dream, this is a dream. Where in the dream does it become reality? And that's the, the question I had throughout it is, are we dreaming through this whole thing? And is this entire thing a dream? Or is this part of reality at points and we jump off and we're into reality? So you know what I mean? It's, it, and that's the whole play. Is on Well, I think your, you have to do that. And that's basically what happens to Mal is Mal... Uh, although hers is a choice, is an active choice to choose that the, the limbo level is the reality. She puts her totem in the safe and locks it away. So she no longer has that something to tell her that it's not reality. Yeah. So it's kind of a choice. And there's, a, I showed you guys, I was reading Inception and Philosophy. I can only read a little bit of it because your head will just spin off in like, like the top. And uh, I, I want to borrow that. <clears throat> you can borrow it because I started reading it and I started going, it, it, it has like four or five different at any one time interpretations of the same 
experience. Like some people think the whole movie's a dream. Some people think yeah. that starting from when uh, Yusef puts them under to test the sedative, that everything from there on out is a dream. It's and it just keeps. They have all these interpretations. Or there's the one where the movie just shows you in storytelling. That's like, oh, there is a reality, and they go through different levels of dreams and yada yada. This is a yeah. film that's kind of like The Shining. The Shining. A lot of people do the same thing. They have versions of way they see the film and. You know, some people say because it's another work of art, another work of art. And that's right. And it's which is the cool part. If the things that were very interesting to me was the age. So when it first comes in and um, Cobb is you know sitting at the table, you know, when he gets not in the very beginning, but once he's with with, uh, uh, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. Saito. 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 Ken Watanabe. Yeah. Yeah. So. on, you know, he's sitting at the table. That whole thing kind of threw me, and maybe you guys can explain because, you know, is this in past? You know, he's experienced it, but why is he older and Leonardo's character Cobb is is younger? You're talking about the end of the movie, that limbo the, where Saito is old. It's kind of at the beginning, or, or the beginning, mm-hmm. the beginning. I thought well, the the end is just a circle end. back to the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like because Saito makes mention to Cobb, "Do you want to just grow old, like an old, like all alone, and be an old man?" So Saito created, full of regret, he created his own limbo world. It, what I got is from uh, Leonardo talking about him and Mal making all those buildings and the crazy. It looked like. Planet of the Apes with cool structures in it. Yeah, uh, he, you're. It seems like in Limbo, you're God. What you you control the environment around you. You create. You're the creator. You're the God of that. And he limbo. created from his memories because that was the same office right. that they had right. met in originally. And it was Maul's childhood home. And uh, and or you talk about Saito. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, is that is that Carlisle saying something again? <laughs> it was. He's he's very angry about this movie. There's <laughs> a lot to say. No, but uh, the yeah, he created his own limbo at the end. Okay. Sorry about that. Which is why Leonardo's like, I came to tell you something. You know, let's go and be young men again. So Saito, we can train your subconscious to defend itself from even the most skilled extractor. How can I do that? Because I am the most skilled extractor. I know how to search your mind and find your secrets. I know the tricks and I can teach them to you so that even when you're asleep, your defense is never down. Look, if you want my help, you're going to have to be completely open with me. I need to know my way around your thoughts better than your wife, better than your therapist, better than anyone. If this is a dream and you have a safe full of secrets, I need to know what's in that safe. In order for this all to work, you need to completely let me in. Enjoy your evening, gentlemen. As I consider your proposal. He knows. What's going on? (laughs) All right, we're back. Welcome back. So, I I got another question for you guys. Uh, No questions. Why is Cobb wanted by the police? For murder. Murder! Mm -hmm. But... Did he really murder her, or did was that a dream? See, that's the thing that well, always... Well, she jumped off the thing herself. Right. Like, she was I mean, fulfilling the uh, 
the inception that he mm -hmm. gave to her in the yeah. limbo level, but like your world is not real. So, so like, did he really murder her? Yes, he oh, totally yeah. murdered her, but not directly. <laughs> yeah, but so could that you imagine was the telling the police, I, I incepted her? Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, you, you, did, you did what now? Yeah. Uh, I incepted uh, her. <laughs> what, what's that? Well, that was the thing exactly. that when I first, the first time I watched it, I was, I was like, you know, how do you, how are you wanted by the police if it's really not known? And did this happen? Is this in her sleep? Well, you know she what said I mean? She Is wrote it, a note, right? Huh? She yeah. Said she like, and she, she implied it, that she, he was abusing her. Right. Yeah. So she set it up to make it look like he did it. But how she was in a different building. So I don't know how they proved. They were in the they same were, building. They were just across from each other. They were Which in different is weird. rooms. This is one of the things people dwell on. They go, so did she rent a room opposite of his? No, they were in so a suite, <laughs> and they were just across oh, from each other. Because okay. okay. they were so answer. close. There's no way that they were in different hotel mm. rooms or different suites. They were in the same place. Those are okay, nicer like suites than I've ever been in. Then I've yeah, uh, yeah like, you can't whole, afford that. Come yeah. on. <laughs> like a whole Squeaker floor. Econo Lodge doesn't really count as suites. <laughs> yeah, it's, for it's real. They don't even have stairs, <laughs> bro. Those motels, uh, <laughs> motel, those motel sixes don't have second floors. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The red roof in, that does not count. Were you paying by the hour? Yeah. <laughs> and we, we know about you, Squeaker. Well, you know, <laughs> a lot of this what was a dog. What a lot, a lot of this is about the architecture that is designed in the head. Okay, uh, was there any parts of that that bothered you throughout the film, or did you believe everything that you saw? You know, or did you think that? Well, you know, Sherlock Holmes always made a memory mansion in his head. Like he built a house out of things he needed to know out of clues. So I think it's totally possible. Like if Sir Arthur Conan Doyle can give Sherlock Holmes a, you know, memory mansion, this is totally believable. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that's just me. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> I don't think I understood the full question. Well, uh, the, the question is, it, do you believe all of the, you know, the, one of the things is not believed is that, uh, once again, back to his name, Sato, Sato. Sato. You know, him with laying on the carpet, and he doesn't believe, you know, the carpet's real. So that was a set factor that changes oh, the right, transition. Because, so right. do you believe everything that you see in the film, or are you taking the thoughts of what these guys are trying? And that's the thing is, you know, are you an audience at this point when you're watching this film, or do you just believe everything that's going on? I think you're a participant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, that's the, that's more more than audience. I think you're and a I participant. Think you have, I think as an audience member, you have a totem that we're going to discuss later. Ooh, yeah. well, let's I like discuss the sound it now. Of that. Well, Come on, bring it. Yeah, you let me it ask them real quick about yeah. the yes. worlds. So, um, wow, my mind just went totally blank when I was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I incepted um, oh, no, no, you. So, yeah. so here's what, my question is. <laughs> You see a lot of these details, like a lot of the fights that are going on away from Fisher and away from everything. So do those details even matter? It's not like he created this world. Like he can't create things that he's not involved in. But he can because it's his brain that they're it in. It is. I mean. Yeah. But it's just But like, he doesn't do know. He's not aware of it. Right. So those, do those details even really matter? 
Are you talking about not Saito's, involved in Saito's in brain? No, well, in Fisher's in, brain. In Fisher's. They're in when his they're dream. going. I mean, in, uh, in Fisher's brain, does he like when they're the going through all the snow stuff? stuff? Yeah, like all the stuff that's not related to him at all that's going on in the background. I think like a dream. It's well. I think in the in that case, those uh, the invading snow people were uh, they were subconscious, just like the ones that attacked them yeah. in Paris. Uh, but more to your point, I don't think it has to be very specific. It's your a lot of it is because dreams can be visual, but they're not visual visually based. They're feeling based. So a lot of times, if you feel that this is what's going on, that's what's going on. Your mind just starts filling in. Yeah, yeah your brain fills in the gaps around it, and I think and that's brain, what it loves to do. It his loves brain to would fill have in the to, uh, His brain would just fill in. Oh, there's other guys fighting over here, and right. blah blah blah. And they're I saw this in. James Bond movie one night where all these snowsuit <laughs> dudes were chasing each other. That's Which perfect. Exactly where, that's exactly where Nolan got it. His favorite <laughs> Bond movie is on his uh, on Majesty's Secret Service, which that's is hysterical. That's a good one. Is that the yeah, Dalton one? No, that's a uh, uh, that's a Roger Moore. No. Damn it's it. the guy who did one, isn't it? Lazenby, George Lazenby, isn't it? Thank you, Lazenby. <laughs> um, but it has some really neat uh, snow snow fighting scenes, I guess. It must. <laughs> yes, I think I think you're yeah, right is, on that. that it did have yeah. some. Now that I remember it, nothing's as cool as the anti gravity, like flippy floppy, like. Joseph Gordon-Levitt fighting in the hall with that guy oh, yeah. is some yeah. of the most amazing shit I've ever seen. And I don't know how they did it, and I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right, right. The zero gravity stuff is well, crazy. Or the flipping gravity when the car is rolling and they're fighting and they keep having to walk on the walls and then on the ceiling. and mm-hmm. the, Like, that shit is awesome. Well, a lot of that is done in box forms, and they're spinning the form so oh, you so have cool. you have the, the illusion that it is them kind of walking. It's kind of what they did in Matrix and, and done in mm-hmm. uh, um, the Jamiroquai video, music video, if you remember, where the, the walls were moving. That's one of my right. favorite videos. Things like that, so, which is you know, a really interesting way of doing it. But that that is part of how it's done. Um, and then, of course, you know, they've got special effects that they're, you know, Throwing in there to make things kind of which interesting. This this movie relied a lot more on actual uh, effects. That it has obviously it has a a CG special effects, but not nearly as much as a normal uh, big budget movie would. They tried to do as much as they could. Well, they tried, but there's a lot in this. It's it. There's a lot, but compared to and when they say compared to a big budget, I'm like wondering if they're talking about like End Game, where well, like some of those films, eighty percent, super, yeah, and super they're budget. all done. They're all done in in a studio and completely right. everything shot. But you know, there's lots of situations where you know they use practical situ or, or um, realistic, you know, landscapes, and then they CG the backgrounds and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, you can see it, but I think it was done so well that it. You believe it, and that's the thing. Right. Uh, the, you know, the thing about me with this film is that, you know, like we said, it is all about a dream, and it's a dream within a dream. And I don't know if you guys have ever had that, but I've actually had that effect happen where you dream, and then you're dreaming a dream, and then you wake up, and you're like, "Wait a second, <laughs> you know, that's I was, fucking terrifying." Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I've and I've had. How would you know 
when you woke up the second time that you weren't going to wake up a third time. Well, you don't until you realize that you're in reality again and you're not in a dream. That would freak the fuck out. I think that when <laughs> that started happening, when I started having some of those some type things, drugs. is um, it was also in a time when I was, you know, trying to deal with things that were um, uh, what you could do with your mind, what, what the power you have with your mind and what you can control things. And, and, and there's, you know, so I, I'm very believable in the fact that you can control your dreams and you, if you have, oh, yeah. you train oh, yourself like to do it. Like lucid dreaming. So yeah, mm -hmm. you can actually force yourself to walk through a, into a room or you can force yourself to get out of a situation, you know, and, and that was because, <laughs> I, you know, I had, a, I had a reoccurring dream that I had that all the way up till I was uh, around eight, 19 years old. What was it? Tell us. It was a roller coming at me, and I was not able to get out of the way of the roller. It was like a like steamroller? Steamroller on a, on a road, and I was on the road, and it would just, you know, it was coming slow motion, and you're just like, you know, I couldn't. Well, I started talking to someone about dreams and how to, and they started telling me about ways that you can manipulate yourself in those situations, and that allowed me to be able to, at one point, I remember the first time being able to slide to the right and and get out of the way of the steamroller. And it was all of a sudden, all the tension released from it. So that's a lot of what's <laughs> taking place in this. And, and if you hear that, I mean, there's people, I don't know if you guys, I, to me, I, I've had situations where I've dreamed it and then it becomes reality. You know, uh, mm -hmm. things happen. Or I, I see I something that, that, that a lot of people may be called deja vu. But those are the kind of things you see those aspects in life and you are able to know what's like, hey, there's going to be a person walking around this corner and they're going to have a red shirt on. And then, of course, that happens. It's a glitch so, in the Matrix. But that's a, a lot of what this is, <laughs> film is all about is about parallel, maybe, you know, life forms or whatever, you know, you want to call those those uh, different perspectives. But getting back into this, do you think that that's what was going on? for uh, Cobb to control these things is him being able to play his game in his head to control how he wanted the situations to unfold. I think originally, yeah, but I think it got too much. I mean, definitely after Maul, he couldn't, he wasn't in charge anymore. He couldn't no. control himself anymore. Right. And he's so really he was only, probably really good at what he did, but only up until that point. He's good at manipulating within the dream but he's not even making the dreams anymore that's why his architects do it even though he used to be an architect so you yeah. have ariadne who i love her Ellie yeah Page. um i've loved her since there, trailer park boys <laughs> she's their latest architect and uh so he's really and it becomes a team ship between a team ship a team between <laughs> a, those two at the a, team par a partnership if you a will partner, a partnering like teamship better it's, it's, <laughs> yeah i'd I do too. <laughs> hey, politicians can make up words. I can make up words. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, I'll get some kofefe. Uh, <laughs> but she, she seems to, as the architect, even like start improvising as it's getting out of control for Cobb later in the dream with Ma. That's the only like that. way to complete anything or to like progress at all is to improvise and, and be and flexible. I think that's what he does a lot. When Maul shows up in that first scene in Saito's uh, house, where uh, Maul shoots uh, Arthur in the leg, 
because pain is your pain is through the brain, pain so it's not going to wake him up. And uh, so you know, Cobb shoots him in the head, which seems kind of harsh, but he knows it's just going to wake him up. But that's an improvisation, improvisation, improvisation. One of it those was just words a cute little shot. In the head. Yeah, it was. It was very nice. Yeah, like, smooth. Yeah, not, not much blood. <laughs> Good times. Can I just say, uh, off topic, um, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, adorable. Uh, this is for the ladies out there. So, so cute. Love me some JGL. <laughs> I like I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Too. Well, I yeah, think, but not and the I think same he way I do. really good in this film, too. I think he... He was. Sells. This is like his adult movie. Like, not, I mean, yeah. like like his Whoa. big time Whoa. movie. Not, like, I've seen <laughs> that one, too. But this is a different one. Um, but this is like a grown-up. Grown-up movie, yeah. Yeah, he went. He showed up at, through the audition for this in a suit, and they <laughs> saw that and went, "Oh yeah, he's he's Arthur. He's totally Arthur. <laughs> he's still just a baby, though. He's such a baby. His little face is really because what? What is he like? Eighty now? Uh, yeah, he must be. I think he's right. a vampire. He might be. Yeah, immortal. A nice vampire. Perhaps he's one of those um, Highlander bros. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. Can't get us back on track. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> I, I don't that even know where to go. One. I am I mortal. I'm not sure if I'm in a dream or if we're dreaming or if we're dreaming within a dream. Me, blood of kings. And Squeaker just fell asleep, so or, he's about to go into a dream. Or, if we, or maybe we're or, in Squeaker's dream. It's, it's we it's don't like a even fever know. Dream here. Did you build this shit, man? This is terrible. I haven't seen, I haven't <laughs> seen any breasts running after me yet, so no. <laughs> yeah, it's just boobs with legs. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> One thing you should know about me. I specialize in a very specific type of security. Subconscious security. You're talking about dreams. Mr. Cobb has a job offer he would like to discuss with you. What kind of work placement? Not exactly. We create the world of the dream. We bring the subject into that dream, and they fill it with their secrets. Then you break in and steal it. Well, it's not strictly speaking legal. It's called Inception. Already. Something is actually strange. This is your responsibility. You are not prepared for this. The dream's collapsing. I have it under control. I hate to see out of control.
mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. So, describe, maybe one of you guys can describe all the totems for each of one of the characters, because each person had a different one. Not everybody had a different one. Well. And here is one well, of the problems in yeah, the movie. Yeah, Cobb uh, takes hers. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, the the whole point of a totem is to know you're not in somebody else's dream. Right. So it's got to be something that you know the secret of. Uh, now, his wasn't his. Cobb was using Mal's right. uh, totem. And you spin the top. And if it keeps spinning and doesn't fall, then you are very likely in somebody else's dream. And then okay. uh, Hang didn't on. Arthur I, have the I... die? Yeah. Can I interrupt just for a second sure. about sure. why couldn't Maul spin the top whenever she was in doubt? Oh, because she locked it away and didn't she want to admit it. She locked it away in limbo, and mm -hmm. she accepted that as her one reality. Until, so, until Cobb comes along and says, you're waiting for a train. You think you know where it's going, but you're not quite sure. Blah, blah, blah. blah. So basically, you get run over your head with a train. So God basically, he does the inception <laughs> of your reality is not real. You have to die to get back to. And she's not willing to open the safe in order to get out the talisman that she knows. I don't think she remembers it anymore at that mm, point. I think she gone. literally locks that part away. And that now, why he takes it, I can understand from a, a, a sentimental thing, but why he's using it. Or better yet, why he's using it and also explains it to Ariadne, which yeah, you're not I supposed to do with a totem. <laughs> um, unless that's not his real totem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here, here's a question I have about totems in general. Mm -hmm. If it's your totem and only you know the rules, couldn't your subconscious trick you in the dream into doing what you want, kind of want it to do? Well, even worse is the architect Ariadne could control it because she knows the secret or right. Mal could control it except Mal is just a uh, at that point is just a, uh, she's a manifestation yeah, yeah she's a manifestation of his subconscious so uh, but I was talking before about the audience's totem and I think it's the wedding ring Cobb's wedding ring because Cobb only wears a wedding ring in his dreams in the real world he's not wearing a wedding ring so hmm. it's kind of like our totem to go, is he wearing the ring? Is he not wearing Okay, he's in his dream. Oh, yeah, he's in a dream. Blah, blah, blah. Now I have to watch it again. Damn. Yeah, you are. No, because it's there's just a real, all these little things. There's a like really important there. moment that at the end of the movie where everyone goes, I don't understand. Where you can just go, oh, yeah, this is the answer right here. Well, well I also read on the interwebs that oh, Michael Caine said, I know, you told me earlier that I, oh, that oh, I, yeah. I was lied to on the interwebs, but it's okay. Uh, it's, it's about paprika, and we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> Not so spice. I read that Michael Caine said that Christopher Nolan told him that all the scenes with Michael Caine in them are reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went into it this time watching it knowing that and it was a different movie for me. Yeah, that changed when I a when bit. I can ground it in Michael Caine, which is where I ground most things. Um, <laughs> but is that um, ground or grind? Uh it's, it's a little column one, little column Michael two. Caine's um, hot makes me want to grind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you say it like that, it sounds filthy. That's how they came um, up with grindhouse films. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk, 
Totally not, Kent. It's you ever seen Educating um, Rita? That's some hot stuff. Anyway. Oh, that was Anyway, a good movie. yeah. Um, um, yeah, Michael Caine did Rita that, got but everyone, before we, before we jump on Michael Caine for going, oh my God, why didn't you tell everyone that? Nolan in the past has said that he feels that Cobb got back to his kids in the real world. He goes, but I'm not going to, he goes, but at the same time, I don't want to take away from people's interpretation of the movie because it's so open to interpretation. So he's aware that people are going to interpret different things out of the movie. Well, but, it's a uh, painting. I mean, everybody's going to see it and take away from it what they will. Mm-hmm. Well, and I had somebody very angry at me because they said, the ending is so ambiguous. I hated the ending. And I went, well, why? And she said, because the top. And I went, what if the top falling or not falling doesn't really matter anymore? It's Schrodinger's cat. She wouldn't, she well. wouldn't accept that anymore. And uh, it wasn't until the last few times I watched it, it wasn't until the last six or seven times I've watched it that you realize that the top really isn't, the, the top is important for one reason, and that's be- that he starts the top, sees his children, walks away from the top. And that's all that to matters. To his children. Yeah. He's yeah. no longer obsessed with no. his dreams. Right. His, his existence is about his children. So. Plus it looks like it's going to fall. And seriously, I'm just gonna say it. Really it. I'm just gonna say it. it looks like it's gonna fall. That's reality. And seriously, <laughs> how do you know that a, a top fell in the woods or didn't fall in the woods? Or a bear shat in the woods? <laughs> Honestly, you know? how do you get a top to spin in the woods? There's like dirt. There's no flat twigs. surface. There's no flat no surface. No flat surface at all. You're right. So yeah, I. This is a dream. <laughs> well, let's, let's throw this out there. <laughs> Thanks, yes, Patrick. What if, what if <laughs> what like we it. assume as reality really is another dream level? And then Mal was right. It could be. That's one of the theories is that they went Saito uh, and Saito. Uh, oh, God, it was so bizarre. Saito's fulfillment of the promise he had with Cobb was what we saw at the end. That he could, he could make everything... Or Fine. Because people the, said, how can this guy make one phone call and everything gets forgotten and dry and he could do he has such power? But uh and they're saying, How did he get there? He bought an airline for Christ's sake. <laughs> he bought an airline. You don't just do that if you don't have power. I or thought money. it would be neater. I believe it. I, well, I believe it. Well, the other part of that is I thought it was funny that they just woke up and he immediately made the call. He didn't go to actually make sure that Fisher you know, he knew. With it. He knew at that point. He knew. Well, he knew that it had been incepted, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to carry out in his real life. That wasn't the deal. Yeah, but he's got to make that phone call before they land anyway. Right, so. because yeah. that, that was the deal. And talking about that scene, I love when uh, Cobb wakes up and he looks like somebody who just woke up from dreaming for a very long time because he's like freaked out by the stewardess going, uh, yeah. uh, you're, whatever, that's immigration papers or whatever it is. And he's just, he looks at uh, Arthur and Arthur kind of has this half smile on his face with his nod. And he looks at Ellen Page and Ariadne's got kind of this look of like, huh. You had that dream too? (laughs) Yeah. And and then Saito looks at him and Saito all of a sudden is like, oh, fuck, I was supposed to make a phone call. Oh, shit. We're getting ready to land. Oh, (laughs) snap. So the thing about, and kind of going back to your interpretation of the ending, Patrick, how it doesn't matter. I think even if, reality isn't reality and this is a dream level i think it still doesn't matter because that version 
of Cobb got to see his kids again. Exactly. Whether that's, that's, whether that's reality to, or not. That's what I was trying to, t- it is and his reality now. And he gets to see the now. face of yeah, the exactly, kids. Yeah. Which, you know, Honestly, I believe, I do believe that it actually all worked out in the end. He was in the real world. Michael Caine was there, said, here's your grandchildren. Uh, and I think it was the real world. But I, my point to this woman was, it doesn't matter because Cobb is happy. Cobb exactly, is not yeah. obsessed. Uh, Cobb, you know, it's, so and even it's a if touching moment a, too. I, I oh mean, my god! You know that, that like when you see when you see the kids turn and and you see the faces, that becomes the pulls on the strings. I think this film had some things where you know he watches up, you know when he washes up on the beach in the very beginning, and and of course the kids are kind of playing on the beach, and you that sets the tone, and then we bookend it at the end with him seeing the kids, and it's just this really cool moment that you feel. You've, you've not only have you just watched this blockbuster film, you know, that's been very exciting and you're always guessing it is action packed, you know, and a lot of times people get, I think, get caught into this film and say, it's all about all the, the things that, you know, the story are made up about, but it is a really good action film. There's yeah. a yeah. lot of action going on. There's always something happened. There's not any, you know, there's a lot of. You know, they, they chose the right things of, you know, moving the camera, even though they've got a lot of CGI in some of those situations. But there's a lot of action happening throughout the film that you never get bored with. So no. you've got this excitement, plus you have the, you know, you've got some charming characters in this that you, you care about. And, and that's something that a lot of films don't have is all these things come together to make this thing come to be a masterpiece in itself. And mm-hmm. And you know Christopher Nolan is is magnificent in in taking that, and you know there's not anything when I watch this film that I'm like blown away with. But this also was one of the first films. How? Say, well, <laughs> listen, listen to listen to what I'm saying about blown away. There's uh-huh. nothing that I watch this and go, that is the most incredible shot I've ever seen, or that is something you know that's like. But you never get taken out of the story, and that's why I think this film is a masterpiece is because you stay in the story the whole time and you feel that moment and you feel those 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 you know strings pulling in different directions as you're trying to figure this out and and I think he did that in Memento too where you cared about the character you know so in this one you care about Leonardo's you know character Cobb and you mm-hmm. want him to find that journey back home you know and you're wanting but you're also in the same time you're you're feeling all the emotion and all the different things happening and you never get bored with it. I mean, after watching it 10 times, you're not bored with this film. I am still blown away though. When she, when they invert the city on itself and walk up the street there, I I saw, that's the first time I saw a movie in IMAX was inception. And still it comes back to me. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is a fucking experience. And and, you know, this thing was not shot in IMAX. So, you know, that's the thing. It was shot 35 millimeter and 65 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they did some really cool thing. And I think because it was shot on, on film, it looks and it holds itself even today. Oh, it wasn't very, shot. In, it wasn't shot for IMAX. No, no, they didn't shoot it in IMAX. There's, I know the studios can, wanted them to go 3d with it. And he went, no, that's not, he chose work. not to go that direction with it. Um, and, uh, but one of the things it's anamorphic, which is the, I think is a language. <laughs> which is amazing. Anamorphic changes the depth, and mm-hmm. and you're also a wider format, so it it adds to the the big screen effect. And then you throw in the 65 millimeter, f- you know, film that's got a higher quality, 
And then also, you know, he did a lot of things that had a lot of slow motion in this that a lot of films at that time didn't have. But when you watch it now, they are the perfect way to tell those pieces of him falling into the water, you know, and you see every detail of it. Um, okay, so I have something to say about the, there was one slow motion scene where I was like, hey, uh-huh. that, that jarred uh-huh. me right out of this movie. And it was, they were in the elevator. He had strapped them all up with phone cord. Um, Arthur has strapped everybody up with phone cord and he floated them into the elevator. And they're all in the elevator. And like, he blows the elevator to get them to kick. Right, right. Mm-hmm. they are all flat on the elevator floor, and it's slow motion, and they hit the bottom of the elevator, and everybody just stays still. Yeah, and and nobody's clothes move, nobody bounces, no, there's nothing. They're just like as a unit, they go slap, and I, they bounce back up. And I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I thought about that because. Because that, shut up. But I thought about that, and there, and (laughs) what you would think is there would be this whole bouncing, slamming. You know, everything's kind of hard. And I think that was a choice on on Christopher Nolan's. I I don't know. I've not heard him say this, but from a director's standpoint, I think that's where he said, "I want you to remember this is a dream," and he's and he changed that, and I and it and it didn't. They were like a block of frozen meat. It, it was a completely, like, I know exactly. But that's when I went, he went from all this action and everything's happening and there's crazy to, hold on, time is changing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that was even some of the things he did with the car scene too. You know, they were super slow when they were falling and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, when you're falling, you're not super slow. And JGL looks so relaxed. Yes. He's having yeah. the most pleasant relaxing ride and his arms are all flailing and his legs are out <laughs> you're getting giddy about this aren't you Laura? it's also my and we're my not second, even talking about leonardo yet it's so. my second pint of beer too so i'm very excited about jgl second at pint. this point <laughs> another pint. i did think it was done well <clears throat> the way they kept um going back to the scene the shot of the van falling so you could see like yeah, where it was in, in time versus like what they were doing in the other levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that gave you uh, a feeling of why that they were doing what they were doing in the right. other scene. And I thought that was a really unique way. And I'm sure that was something in the edit room where they probably you know just battled with it to get it. But I think that worked of cutting back. And it kind of reminded me of, um, is it Children of Men? Where in the car scene, uh, the crash in the car scene and that, um, Gosh, uh, it's been a million years since I yeah, saw that. That scene, that kind of slow-mo, but like cutting back and feel that had it in there that I think that that sort of tied to, you know, something that yeah. that worked. And I think and, it worked really well. And I mean, the number this of times was, they did it. Like oh, they could have yeah. they could have cut back to that van a lot of times, but they did it just enough where you like still were remembering it but not not like constantly Welling. thinking about right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- this film won four Academy Awards. Uh, one was Best Cinematography, which I think was beautiful and, and, and it definitely deserved mm-hmm. it. Uh, best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Visual Effects. Um, yeah. It was for also sure. nominated for Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Art Direction, and Best Original Score, not Best Director, which. Um, you know, it's fucked up. It's kind of That's kind of fucked. a little. What strange. won that year? I, I'm not sure on the That's best director. And, and yeah, I'm wondering what won. I'm pretty sure. 
pretty sure that year I was so pissed that it didn't win, and I don't remember what won. If it was like you blocked the, it out, it was like the artist or something like that. It was like one of those years. It was the like, dog from the artist. <laughs> one best picture, <laughs> right? How does that even? How does that happen? Look, don't ask questions. That's yeah. fine. Just listen okay. to Swigger. <laughs> uh, it looks like the, the King speech. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that really was a good movie. That was so, uh, good. God damn it. Yeah. There was no inception. <laughs> yeah. It really wasn't. Was no I'm not going to watch the King speech again. I'll tell you that. I have watched it a couple times since, and it's really, it really again. good. It's, it's, yes, once you know what's going on, it's not as, you know. Okay, fine. Appealing, I'm sorry. The King but, speech. Uh, but it is really good. good oh, King speech. Is. I thought you said the Kingsman. I'll watch that every week. Yeah, King I'm not talking about that now. <laughs> but both have that, that Colin Firth. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's the Firthiest. It's, it's not the first time. <laughs> yeah, that same year you had 127 hours, Black Swan. Uh, oh, and Black Fighter. Swan. Mm. What won what won best director that year? Was, uh, best director Black was Tom Hooper, The King's Speech. Yeah. Oh, okay. Man, Black Swan, hard to believe that one didn't win for best director because that was not my favorite movie. I think I saw that with you, Ken. Maybe I <laughs> might have. I, that, that's a very dark and the good. Manor, but I think maybe? <laughs> the directing in it was amazing. Um, Aaron Kofsky just did a great job with it. So Aronofsky, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he went on his religious uh, kick with all of his movies. Yeah, yeah. Before he went yeah. to the big money movies. Big yeah. money. Yeah. That was the same year. Social Network. True Grit. Oh, oh yeah. Hard to. There was a lot of good movies that year. That's yeah. a yeah. great. True Grit's amazing Fine. too. So. Uh, before this movie, I got to swear my love for Christopher Nolan because I fucking love his stuff. Uh, Kent already mentioned Memento, but the movie I like even more than Memento is The Prestige. Oh, so oh my God. I love that one so much. That was my probably like up there for my favorite movie. And then uh, Inception came along. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, that might be my favorite well, Bat- Batman Christian Bale movie. too, right? Yeah. So, I think The Prestige oh. is a better movie for Christian Bale than batman begins yeah oh yeah oh god yeah like i like it better i'm not gonna say that the prestige is a better movie than batman begins, no, but, it's very but i like it better yeah because well, the batman magic. movies you're kind of stuck within the confines of the batman canon and mythology oh yeah or the and fans prestige get really mad was, prestige was just fucking bonkers awesome I think about all of those Hugh Jackmans, and I mm-hmm. am just like, oh. You get the vapors? I get the vapors. Oh they could God. all be doing so much for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry. So how do you guys, uh, do you guys like the ending there on this film? Or well, my satisfied. question is, do you guys think the ending is, is the real world? Is this, is, does he end up in the real world with his children again? I'm, I'm on the Michael Caine train, and I say yes, because Michael Caine is there. That must be the real world. Even without that information, I felt that that was the real world and that it had worked out. He saw their just, faces. I, I did, too. He I, saw their faces, and they were they aged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, felt, I felt this was the, the end, and this was because uh, the credits were coming up at the end. <laughs> yeah. You knew the that credits was, were coming was, before that? You he's, knew that he's was psychic. Yes. So, but I, I, I believed what you know. He was in the reality of it. Now, when I look back on it, you know, after watching it so many times, I could see how it could go either way. You know, you could say that it's not, or it could be, or this is. And who really cares? Because it's a great film. 
It's entertaining. You he's never happy get bored. at the end. He's happy. He's happy. And so, you know, it really it's very comes satisfying. down to how you want to do this. He's not wearing his wedding ring from the time he wakes up. That's a good little point. You know? It's yeah. funny because the point they somebody had uh, mentioned his wedding ring thing, and his hand is concealed. His left hand's concealed a lot in the movie, which is kind of sneaky Christopher Nolan, you cheeky bastard. Um, <laughs> But Only if hands, you're looking for it. Now I'll he, be looking for it. When he hands the passport to the, uh, what do you call that? The people. The, Zillian Murphy? No, 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 no. Oh, the, the stewardess? Uh, no, no, no. The people in the airport. Yeah, uh, I don't know what they're called either. But the, they're not immigration. They're uh, not ticket takers. They're like. <laughs> they're the b- boarding pass people. Border patrol? No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are we all stupid? Yes, we are. Who are those people? Well, anyway. Air- airline people? Airline stewardess. Customs. No, cu- there you oh, go. Customs. oh, I was nowhere near that. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were like, no. um, lavatory towel boy. <laughs> um, he hands the passport to the uh, customs guy, and it's so fast, I had to freeze frame. Uh, my TV, and then you look at his left hand. He's not. He doesn't have the ring on. And you're like, well, is this just something silly? But then they show the customs guy his hand. He's got a wedding ring on, and it's like a close up. And it was like, wow. And now he's just rubbing it in. Now that you know what to look for. Yeah. And uh, well, so, could it could it also be that he's finally let go of her, and he doesn't feel like he needs to wear it? Well, he hasn't worn it in all reality, so I don't know if in his dream all of a sudden he goes, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to take this ring off and age my children two years. <laughs> And see their faces. And Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, I just I, love Michael Caine so much. <laughs> was that your Michael Caine impression? No, that was my Leo DiCaprio impression. Wow. Because, because he loves Michael Caine so much. There's also another thing, um, <laughs> and, I, and I read this, but it, it, it made me go back and when I was watching it a second time. It, there is, they use different film stock, not film stocks, but cameras mm-hmm. to... So the 65 millimeter was done with some different shots, like as in uh, what was in the reality and what was not was done in some of the 35 millimeter, which has a different Mm. effect. And there, you know, I don't know to what extent that was done all the way through, but they used that to try the camera, different types of cameras to be able to tell different types of things through the story. Um, And of course, then once you put all your, your filters over top of it afterwards to, to blend it, it can kind of, become but I, I think there is something to that because it's almost they wanted this to feel real all the way through without and then but yet have their dreams be unreal in some ways mm-hmm. you know I, so so i think there's something to that and i'd like to watch it again and really look at that to see you know if you could see the grain in certain things and you don't see it in other things uh if that was the way they pulled it off watch it again but this, but this is that's the thing about this film is there's so many different le- le- levels in the film to be able to try to understand it. And speaking of levels, people go like, well, how did Saito and uh, Cobb at the end just wake up from limbo and end up on the airplane and not go through snow land, cityscape, and uh, hotel land levels? Because their 10 hours was up on the plane. Well, let's just face it. This was a video game, and it's all coming true. All right, you know? I love well, plus, this game. Plus, uh, you got to keep the, hitting uh, those levels to keep getting down to find the information. Plus, what happens is when a dream collapses, do they just skip that level because it's not there anymore? Because that, that's really, what I had read. Yeah. Oh, because I completely would believe that that it's like oh, it's yes, also time is different by, uh, at, at the in different levels, so that changes things too. Cause you don't pick up as much information. So yeah. 
You're moving faster. I've read complaints that people say, well, if you knew you could just kill yourself to get out of it, why didn't he do it earlier? And I think the the point was that Leo knew and he he had to go tell Saito that. Like when you're in that limbo, you don't realize it. Yeah, right. you don't you don't know. That's your reality that becomes yeah. your yeah. And, and how much time actually re- in real time were they was it an hour and 30 minutes or however long the movie was that this took place or 2 hours and 28 was, minutes. Yeah. Two the hours same and the same amount of uh 2 228 is uh is it Edith Piaf? Piaf? Piaf. Her original recording of that song was 2 minutes and 28 seconds. The movie's 2 hours and 28 minutes. Just a little fun fact. But, yeah. but, but the, the number is 528. Just Oh, yeah. Did you guys see my shirt? It's 528-491. There you There go. it is. For yes. those of you who can't see it, Patrick has a t-shirt on that says 528-491. Yes. yes. We like numbers. Yes. And to my knowledge, those numbers don't really mean anything outside of their, the combination. Oh, that's something I wanted to talk about. How freaking awesome. I teared up. So Single tier. When... Um, when, when, they Fisher, open the, when they open when the he safe. opens that and uh, he opens it's the, the safe it's the and pinwheel. it's the little pinwheel <laughs> and that's where the the whole inception is based on finding a pinwheel in a safe. I thought that was fucking amazing. Christopher Nolan is <laughs> a god. Yeah. Well, I think I think we covered everything we can cover on this. So all that squeaker, the boy who hated everything. Anything else? <laughs> I, I have one random thing that doesn't fit with any of this conversation that I thought about the movie, though. Okay, were you dreaming or you're not dreaming? <laughs> there was a point where I think it was in the second, third level, maybe, when Tom Hardy became a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said yes. something like, Do you need me to do that? Like, how, how, like, you've done it before. Like, is Tom Hardy just becoming a woman in Dream World? And <laughs> that's well, none of a- your business. <laughs> You're gonna have to watch the boys. Are you are you interested? You're gonna have to watch the boys on Amazon because some of this stuff (laughs) kind of filters into that TV show. I really want to watch that show. But he's the uh, he's the forger, so he can basically be anybody. And that's one of the points we forgot to mention. Nolan says he based this movie on what he knows, which is movies. And Cobb is the director, and Arthur's the producer, and Ariadne's like the uh, art director of it, and Eames is the actor. And it was like this whole thing. He goes, "Yeah, I wrote what I knew." That's so awesome. That's, down to a film yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good Eames, way. Eames, I think, at is it. my favorite character in the whole thing. I think I like him best. But, but I don't love that. I do. I do. And I he, lust he, for a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things to lust There's a lot of hunts. Like of even even Ellen Page, though. I mean, like there's a lot of lusting to be had. We could we could make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pete before we get into oh, the, so uh, good. Even though he's tiny, tiny part, Pete Postlewaite always good. Killian well, Murphy, Michael, Cillian Murphy. Mm, I don't know how to say it, but he's always he's good. Killian, so. he's always good. But Michael, Michael Caine, for one of the top uh, uh, credited people, is in what three minutes of the entire movie? Yeah, they're very important minutes. They're yeah. they're very important, and when he's not there, it's a, just dream. a dream. It's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas well, Haas, we of, should mention him. Yeah. Oh shit, I forgot all about him. Because oh, he uh, picked he up good. a paycheck. Yeah. yeah, he sure did. Yeah, He did, and then he left. Yep. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> about that whole helicopter thing. Um, <laughs> my bad. You got dragged down the stairs. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I'm sure he did, I'm he, sure he's doing okay. He's you know, yeah, yeah. He they didn't they kill him. him. <laughs> I mean, no, he said they were gonna. They couldn't. He they weren't gonna do anything to him, but they couldn't guarantee what Cobol yeah. Uh, yeah engineering would do, which is the I don't like that Cobol. They're bad. Really, really. That's another thing that people think might be a dream is because if you look at uh, the Cobol chase through uh, what. Mo- where were they? What country Mombasa. were they? In? Mombasa. Mombasa. Yeah. They said the way it was filmed a lot was like a maze, like a dream maze. And they're like, did this really happen? Or is this a dream? I well, Cobol is pretty generic. I mean, like, it it's is. a computer language. It's not a company. Well, it is in the purposes of the movie. But Mal even goes, do you seriously believe that there's these Cobol men chasing after you and yeah. this and that? And that you're this important? Or did you just make it up? Are you dreaming? So she questions his uh, his realities too, and it's kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm she's excited. She's just a subconscious. I could tell by the way that your one eye is closed and the other one's closed. <laughs> so now that we've discussed that every detail that we can about this film, what have you guys been watching um, this week? Anything exciting or new or anything? Ex- Let's start with Laura since. Uh, I, um, in relation to this movie, I watched Brainstorm, I watched Dreamscape, I watched Paprika, and like Paprika is definitely, is way up there, is really good, I highly recommend, I only recommend Brainstorm and Dreamscape if you're into um, Punishment, um because they're not great but <laughs> but they're but so 80s they're, they're so 80s, 80s and like the snake guy in dreamscape like oh. it scarred me forever and ever and that guy isn't the guy from warriors warriors come out yes he's, he's the was bottle he the clinker guy? yeah yeah wasn't he yeah. the bad guy you're not yeah. i haven't seen that movie in a thousand years but yeah. i loved it and yeah. i loved uh the other one quaid Dennis quaid <laughs> quaid Quaid. <laughs> Quaid. Dif- different Quaid. <laughs> what was the other movie? Oh, Brainstorm. I like Brainstorm. that movie a lot, too. It's uh, Yeah. But yeah, they're not quite. There's a lot of hardware in Brainstorm to make all the dreaming things happen. And that's probably mm. the most enjoyable thing about Brainstorm is like seeing people hooked up to these weird hoses and things. Yeah. <laughs> You've got like, some weird ass fetishes. Like, <laughs> Put some, on this helmet, it's got hoses and shit all over it. Those are gonna make for some great dreams later uh this, this week. So uh Holy moly. So holy pa- Patrick, what have you been watching? What did have I been watching? I watched uh Paris, Texas, because you said to. Oh yeah. Watch it again. And I haven't seen it in thirty some odd years. And what was your thoughts on it? So oh, it's fantastic. It's yeah. long. Yes. So I went into it the way uh, uh, Laura went into Inception. I went, Jesus Christ, two and a half hours. And then was like, all right, this is cool. Then uh, a friend of mine, Michael Menza, who I went to college with, shamed me into watching The Sting. Oh, oh I love The Sting. It's such a wonderful movie. It reminded me how much I'm I love so Robert Shaw. I'm so glad you love it. And it's, so good. Uh, it's good. It's good. I think I might have, when I was a child, it was probably playing on the TV when TV networks used to show yes. like movies. Yeah. and shit uh, but i probably was too young to really appreciate it so he got me to do that i loved it and then i watched birds of prey last night meh it yeah. happened yeah. you know it, uh, blah. Mm. and then i watched boy state today which uh sounds like one of those dirty movies that squeaker watches but <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's uh it's about an actual uh, uh thing that the american legion does where they put uh 
these boys together, you're, I don't know how you're chosen, but to make basically a, a local government from the bottom up. And it's a cool documentary. It's interesting. Cool. So it's a documentary. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, uh, we're good narrative. Okay. Uh, Squeaker, what have you been watching? Uh, I've been playing really... hands part six. <laughs> part six? Uh, wow. Seven and eight. Dishes? Seven and eight came out. So that's what I'm <laughs> um, Deep our throat. I haven't really been watching too much crazy this week. I kind of took a break from watching like movies and stuff. I, w- I watched um, a few NBA games that were on and then uh, it's kind of a strange situation there. Yeah, he misses it is. Work. It, it is in the bubble. It, it I is. Do not miss that. It is, <laughs> um, it is weird to be in out of the bubble there. So. Yeah. Um, well, that's I, right. I, you guys are usually shooting it, right? Mm. And working on. Yeah. It? Wow. Okay. I mean, not, not at this, this point. Not this time of year. Yeah. 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 Um, oh. Okay. I'm still powering through Arrested Development for the you know fourth or fifth time. What season? Well, that'll I'm, take you I'm a couple of, couple of weeks to get um, through that. Yeah. Yeah. Those first three seasons were so good, and then the fourth, which came out eight years after the yeah. third season was yeah. just just missed not, yeah it's, it's just, not the same it never it never captured it um i think it was a lot of things like the actors they couldn't get them all at the same time there's a lot of green screening and oh. but it just didn't didn't work as yeah. well yeah i agree um, with you 100 percent on that it's a shame because uh, I, I love the the, you know, the earlier years i thought it was just kind of raw funny comedy you know yeah um i, I this week I started going back again, once trying to watch some older things, but I also wanted to watch some new things. Um, and I watched The Green Room. I don't. And Patrick and yes. I talked about. It's on my list. Is that with Patrick Stewart? Uh, it is. It is. It's like and a Tom horror Yelp. kind of a movie. It's extremely, and extremely and, uh, good. Uh, just, it's harsh. It's really harsh. harsh, but very, very entertaining. And you believe it, and you kind of sit in there with them, and experience it. I, I thought it was mm-hmm. well done. And I, I watched the Russian film. That's just released, and I highly recommend it, people. Uh, it's called Sputnik. Sputnik. And, uh, Sputnik. All I can Sputnik. say is, uh, not, not to give away too much. Um, <laughs> it for my Russian. It's that it uh, is a, a space movie um, that brings something back to Earth. Okay? Space movie. Yes. I'll just leave <laughs> it at that. But it's set Earth. in like a great time. It's you know it's set in like the. Uh, in the '60s, kind of feel and look and feel of it, so it, it comes off really neat. Um, and then uh, another one we wa- started watching just actually uh, last night. Started watching The Pale Horse on Amazon, which is kind of an interesting. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go, but I watched the first two. Is it epi- a show or a movie? It's oh, a, it's show. a show. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes, and it's very entertaining. Very uh, um, kind of mystical and witches and kind of things like that but in oh, modern day Scotillario is in it almost reminds like me a little bit of the uh, wicker man uh, aspects oh. but then it throws a twist so it's it's kind of neat kind of neat um, and I've been watching the boys uh, if you guys watch that on Amazon oh, I hear that's really good <laughs> it's fun it's a fun thing and um, I did not love it as much as I thought I would or as it's much a very as other different, people said I would. It's a very different play on superheroes. So, uh, well, it's an anti-superhero. It's because like, we got like uh, Umbrella Academy season two dropped not long ago. Everyone yeah, knows yeah. me knows I've watched that twice mm-hmm. already. The second season, uh, and Doom Patrol is another quirky superhero dysfunctional show. Yeah. And I have trouble getting through. I can't binge uh, Doom Patrol the way I binge Umbrella Academy because they're similar. Right. I guess. So there's, there's just a lot of superhero yeah. shows. 
happening out there. Yeah. Another one I watched uh, and I'd, I'd highly recommend too is it's an Italian film. It's called The Girl in the Fog. And um, so she's got flatulence, like chronic yes. flatulence. Yes. It's a <laughs> really interesting um, detective <laughs> searching for a girl lost kind of film. Uh, horror. No, I don't say horror, but a psychological film. But very well done. Uh, it's got a couple of twists that I did not see and um, very entertaining. I highly recommend it. So I, I, would, I would definitely tell people to put that on their list. But I'd be negligent if I didn't mention late last night I watched The Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, favorite, nice. Favorite Universal and followed it up with Abbott and Costello beat Frankenstein. I, you must have the same list. I've got the same things <laughs> on my... I add those three... Fa- Do you uh, have the Peacock uh Yeah, uh, and that's... A, I did. The, I downloaded that of, just for of, that. So Out of everything on Peacock, I went... Ooh, Bride of Frankenstein and Heaven Costello well, and Frankenstein. And this is how I wanted to go and buy those. And I went mm-hmm. and I said, well, I'm not going to buy something that's already playing on one of the other things because I, right. I probably, but I don't have it in my collection. And so I was like, oh, let me check it out. And boom, they popped up. And then yeah. uh, the other one I put in there was The Creature from the Black Lagoon. So See, I own that yeah. one, and I think I own Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That, and that's one of the best. Ago. That's one of the best. Oh, so funny. <laughs> By far. Oh, chick. Chick. Huge, huge Abbott and Costello fans. <laughs> Me too. I grew up with them. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I didn't live with them. I grew up watching them. <laughs> yeah. That must have been a fun life growing yeah. up with them. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, and I'm also 96 years old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You look so young. Well, Thank you do you. look you kind of like 94, 93. Shut your hole, kid Smith. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we want to thank everybody for listening. And, it, and we have a, a ton of fun while we're doing this. And it's <gasps> and what are we doing next time? And you know what? Oh, yeah. What are we doing this time? So what our next movie is going to be what? Call no it, friendo. For old men. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. No country for old men. Oh, okay. No country for old men. It took us a little while. We had to get the old man to uh, say that for us. No country for Kent Smith. (laughs) I was going to tell him to call it, friendo. And then he called it before I said that. Call it. That's right. Call that coin I didn't get a script ahead of time. (laughs) Just walked in the room yelling at me about (laughs) something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So that's going to be fun to discuss that film. So I know. She says it's not her favorite movie, but it's okay. Well, there you go. That's well, it's even no better. whiplash. It's no whiplash, right? <laughs> Which I watched again the other night. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, if you guys haven't listened to any of our older podcasts and you're still on this listening to Listen to Whiplash. It could be only like four or five of you at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're still listening three hours later. Yeah. I'm not anymore and I'm on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, people could yeah. listen to this? Squeaker's already checked out. Uh, We're not just so. chatting? Hang on. What? <laughs> yeah. But if you haven't listened to any of it, you should check out this is our 24th uh, podcast, and so we've got 23 other ones that are very entertaining all the way through. What are your favorites? What are your favorites so far? I'll tell you mine. Okay. My top two favorites are uh, uh, Whiplash. Whiplash and Sing Street. Yeah. Soon to be I, Inception. I like Tucker and Dale. Tucker and Dale yeah. was fun, and I think a yeah. lot of people haven't checked that one out, and I think they're you know missing out. I enjoyed Jaws. I thought Jaws was really good. Jaws, Jaws was, was good. It's getting uh, a little buzz online. Yeah, it's actually it's doing really well, and a lot of people are you know checking it out. And uh, I mean, I'm surprised we've already had people posting stuff about you know, sharing it already with with others. Shout stories. out to Chris Baker posting yeah. all about us yeah. uh, talking about Chris Jaws. Baker. Yeah. yeah. Chris. Nice. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. So. All I can say nice. is rate, review, and give subscribe. Uh, 
uh, subscription uh, to any of your favorite friends. So, which is free. Me. It's free. Free. It doesn't even have to be your favorite friends. You can yeah. just give it to strangers. Yeah. Just tell them I'm to listen. Show my least favorite yeah. friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, after... tell your enemies. Tell everyone. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's our worst podcast? That's the one you say, tell your enemies to listen. Yeah, to. I don't know. I don't know. What we have. There are no bad ones. They've all been very entertaining, and all Chatty we've had one. really good films. I mean, <laughs> I think there's only been a couple that we didn't like. You know, so. Uh, yeah. And at least one of us liked and at least them. one or two. Like, <laughs> that's, true. that's true. We should pick some movies. We'll each do one movie that we hate, and we'll pick from the hated movies. Yeah. Ooh, that's okay. a good idea. That would be really good. To that do. would be fun. That would be so much fun, unless it's so like Squeaker else's and uh, movie. Laura. That means we'll have to just use Patrick's list to go through. <laughs> oh, bitch! Please, Patrick, just give me a list of any ten movies, and I probably hate them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just kidding. Wait a minute. I've thought of one. La Haney. La Haney. There you go. I think <laughs> that, be that was just full of the hate. There's a lot of it hate is. in that film. So. It is. It's all black and white. All Ooh. right. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening. And once again, get out there and rate, review, and subscribe. And Thanks, we, and we love you. We love you because you guys make this uh, possible. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Yay. Be safe. Thank you for listening to Adult Beverage Film Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsors, Bricks Wood-Fired Pizza, where they bring people together. They also have some of the best adult beverages around, so check them out. Be sure to visit adultbeverage.net on the web to find out more interesting facts about films and exciting bonus material. You have just listened to Lar, Patrick, and Kent, and Squeaker. Love our podcast? Head over to your favorite platforms such as Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes to subscribe, rate, review. That's this week's episode of Adult Beverage Film Podcast, and thank you for listening.